Welcome to the Gimme Golf Podcast, powered by MyrtleBeachGolfTrips.com. This is episode number 27. Don't forget to subscribe and rate our podcast. Now, if you live in the Myrtle Beach area, you know him as the area's most trusted meteorologist. If you don't live in the area, but are visiting Myrtle Beach, you definitely want to connect with our very special guest today, Chief Meteorologist at WPDE, Ed Piotrowski. Ed has spent his entire broadcasting career here in the Carolinas, which spans over 30 years. In his 26 years here in South Carolina, Ed has been nominated for an Emmy named Best Weathercaster in the Carolinas by the Radio Television Digital News Association of the Carolinas, Best Weathercaster in South Carolina twice by the South Carolina Associated Press and once by the South Carolina Broadcasters Association. Wow, so many credentials. And in 2018, he received the John Coleman National Award for his coverage before, during, and after Hurricane Florence. Additionally, in 2018, he received the prestigious Honorary Life membership award for the south carolina broadcast association for demonstrating exceptional service to broadcasting in south carolina ed has been named best of the beach 15 years in a row and in 2018 was named myrtle beaches citizen of the year quite a guest that we have on the show today so you definitely don't want to miss this podcast it's going to be very fun and informative and for you golfers listening we have a lot of great information that connects the weather to golf so stay tuned I am here at Pine Lakes Country Club in History Hall with Ed Piotrowski. (laughs) Ed, before we get started on this podcast, there's something I wanted to show you. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Dun-da-da-dun. It is the Ed Piotrowski bobblehead. Do you think it looks like it? I'm going to put it next to you so we can get a little... That is too cool. Thank you so much for bringing that in. That makes me smile. (laughs) It's really cool. Um, <laughs> See, I think it, I think it looks like you, but when I got the box, I s- the box picture does not look like you, but no. when you take it out, it looks like you. It's amazing. When people see the bobblehead, they go, that doesn't look like you at all. Others oh. are like, it's a dead ringer. So I mean, <laughs> you're right, the bobblehead. The box doesn't. It looks like somebody else's eyes. I mean, <laughs> it's a little bit like you, but it definitely right. looks like you when you take it In out. That's one? pretty amazing. Pretty cool. We're doing one for f- one every year for five years for charity, so it'll be kind of neat with all the wacky suits that I wear. So. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. So that is great. Uh, now with this bobblehead, how much have you raised? I mean, what and where does that money go to? Well, right now, uh, I'm not 100% sure how much it's raised. The Myrtle Beach Pelicans are doing a, a fun little contest between myself and Adam Dellinger with uh, Gator 107.9. Oh, so it's a competition. Yeah, it's a fun oh, competition. Cool. And I know that we've sold several hundred already, but I don't know uh, exactly how how many and the money that I'm raising is going to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation in mm-hmm. our area so uh, we're looking forward to helping some children who uh, otherwise may not get some of the uh, wishes that they they have especially with COVID ongoing right? Absolutely. I, I think you've sold a lot because it went into the Pelicans box office to pick that up that's all behind the counter. Ah. They, so there was a bunch of them there. So oh, good to know. Cool. Good now, do they have other ones like when you went than the Shamrock? Well, it was just you and uh, Mr. Del- yes, Delinger. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The one prior to this last year was uh, me in my blue suit. Uh-huh. And then the next one we do, we're going to let uh, viewers and followers on social media decide which suit uh, to do the next bobblehead in. So okay. whether it's the 
goofy June suit that I have <laughs> or snowflake suit, whatever it may be. And the Cousin Eddie shoes? Yes, I love that. Eddie. And I've got that entire outfit when he's in his green leisure pants and that dicky. I his, love uh, it. I've got to wear that and take a picture of that one day. <laughs> All right, so I want to get started. I have a ton of golf weather-related questions, but before we get into that, in reading your bio, which is outstanding, I mean, bravo <laughs> to you. You've had such an amazing career as a meteorologist. I appreciate that. Thank um, you. But how did, what led you to the field of meteorology? As far as I can remember, when I was a kid, I loved the weather. Um, I used to live in South Texas. It never snowed there, but if there was a small chance, I'd run outside and stay up all night long looking for a snowflake in the light. You know, mm -hmm. that, a lot of kids do that. Uh, and I never thought I'd do it on television, but I started interning at a television station in the late 80s in New Bern, North Carolina, just up the road, and uh, fell in love with just talking about the weather, and I got my first job in 1990, and so uh, January, actually it was January 91, so January of 2021 will be 30 years in television, if you can believe that, but wow. it's just, uh, I love talking about the weather, and I still get paid when I'm wrong, so that's kind of cool too. <laughs> What's your favorite aspect of meteorology? I or of weather. Winter storms are my favorite. You know, everybody loves a little snow. Uh -huh. Maybe our northern friends don't, of course, but um, people in the south, we don't see it very much, so it's kind of cool to actually get a little bit of snow. I dread hurricanes anymore because uh, <laughs> they're, they're just no longer are they just in and out. You know, they're, they're slow motion disasters a lot of times, right. and they require weeks and weeks of preparation and, and so on and so forth. So winter storms are my favorite because usually if it snows here, it's gone the next day. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's fun to see snow here too when it happens, especially if you get the opportunity to go mm -hmm. down to the beach. Oh, it's yeah. It's so beautiful yeah. to see snow on a beach. Yeah, I don't exactly. like it. Uh, being from New England, it's like I moved down here <laughs> yeah. to get away from it. It's Makes like, sense. no, I don't want to see it. I don't mind no it. I don't mind it. I grew up in Colorado, moved here as a teenager to play golf, but I love the snow. And I actually right. can tell people that I used to walk to school in a foot of snow. You know right. how you have like, you have like grandparents telling you stories when I was your age? I had to walk. It's true. I had to walk two miles in the snow. I literally had to walk right. two miles yeah. in the snow growing up. <laughs> And that, the snow in Colorado is beautiful. It's that nice, dry, fluffy snow, it not like is. the wet stuff we get around here. Yes, it is beautiful. Greatest learning experience as a meteorologist? Oh, gosh. Probably it was a snowstorm, believe it or not. Some of you may remember about three or four years ago, we were forecasting three to five inches of snow. And here it was snowing heavily in Charleston, and I decided to up the totals. I thought, I think we're going to get four to six inches of snow. And we had a little dry dry pocket that kind of just uh, settled over our area, and we ended up getting some sleet and maybe a half an inch of snow. So oh. uh, that was probably my biggest learning experience in terms of no matter how good it looks in the models, mm -hmm. uh, Mother Nature and the ocean are always going to have, a, have the last say as to whether or not we get snow around here. So I've learned to cut totals in half whenever whatever the models are forecasting for snow around here. Well, speaking of Mother Nature, the Farmer's Almanac. All right, is that legit? What's the deal with that? You know, I don't want to offend anybody, but uh, it really is, and it's very ambiguous. It's very broad. You know, they'll cover like this 10-day period in the southeastern United States in mid-January will be cold with maybe some snow in the mountains. Well, that happens almost every January when you think about it. So I think it's based more on climatology than anything else. I'll look uh -huh. back at what's happened in the past and and kind of forecasting into the future with that. But what happens is if, if they get it right, people remember that. Yeah, yeah. But the nine times out of 10 that they don't get it right, nobody remembers that or wants to talk about it. So right. uh, I don't put any stock in the uh, farmers <laughs> on that. Don't hold it against me though. That's good to know because sometimes I see it in the grocery store. I'm like, what is that? I've seen that my entire life growing up. And does that work? And I know some people believe that it does. But right. anyway, I thought, you know what? We're gonna ask Ed Piotrowski when he comes in <laughs> for the podcast. 
All right, so I was going to ask you about hurricanes, but you've already told me what that's like. But let me ask you this. Have you ever um, sat through a really bad hurricane, like a four-plus, without evacuating? No, we have not. Um, the closest we've ever come to staying at the beach, my weather office used to be at the Myrtle Beach Pavilion. Mm-hmm. And uh, we stayed there through the early 2000s. And back in 1999, we had Hurricane Floyd coming. It was nearly a Cat 5 mm-hmm. sitting over the Bahamas. So uh, we decided we have to leave the beach. We can't stay here. And we went back to Florence. Of course, it weakened. It was a Category 2 by the time it made landfall. But um, I pretty much do what other people, what I tell other people to do, get out of harm's way. And you're really evacuating for the storm surge, not the wind or the rain. It's all about the storm surge because there's a real threat that the water from the ocean can get to where you are if you're in an evacuation zone. Hmm. So how has that changed, Ed? Because I know back in 98, I was here for Florida and I left. How is forecasting hurricanes change? It seems like you're, you, it's more of an all day. You have to be on TV all day now. It really is. Uh, any more hurricanes, big winter storms, they're all the Super Bowls of weather, if you will. There's 10 times a year that you really have to show mm-hmm. up for people. Um, you know, a lot of people day to day are in and out of their home, you know, maybe not watching uh, a, a newscast as often as they used to when they were growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when there's a hurricane, people want that context and perspective from their local well, media. Or so, in- so instant. I mean, we want to see what's going on exactly. right now. Exactly. So and that's where social yeah, media yeah. has been huge, too. Yeah. People a lot of times don't want to wait until 6 o'clock to see the news. They want information now. But with hurricanes, everybody's interested in that. They want to know, especially people that have evacuated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we put our, our, we stream our newscast online. And we're on from you know the time the conditions start going downhill until the conditions have improved, uh, just to keep people informed. And that part, for the most part, hasn't changed very much over 20 years. But all the social media aspect and our ability to get live shots from around the entire area has changed. No longer do you need a satellite truck. Uh, you can do everything over the internet anywhere yeah. in the world now. As long as there's internet connection, you can get HD video uh, back to the television station. So the big thing, too, is your Facebook Lives go crazy. During I the guess. <laughs> it's like, it's like that. they're probably more watching Facebook Live than they are right. the, the broadcast. And I actually get a little nervous doing Facebook Lives yeah. because there's so many people watching, and you know you don't want to mess it up. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but you know, for me, I've always just taken the tact just to be honest with people. If you don't know what's going to happen, tell people that you don't know and explain why we don't know now and when mm-hmm. we think we're going to know. And I think that was really huge um, back when Irma was approaching in 2017, Florence in 2018. I love the Weather Channel and the people of the Weather Channel are phenomenal. Uh, but often they broad brush the Carolinas and it looks like the entire Carolina coast is going to get wiped off the map. Um, so people kind of get freaked out by that and they'll tune in. And I try to be the voice of reason, yep. if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Well, you definitely say, are. Hey, sure. let's, let's step back here. Everybody needs to prepare, but we're not ready to you know, pull the trigger on a Cat 4 coming in yep. right now. So. And I think that's why people listen to you and watch you because you kind of keep people at ease. And I try. Like, and, and you seem like you're, you know, you're, you're, you're accurate on all your. Yes, points. it's not. It. It's not like real hyped and emotional. Try like to I can, I can go on. Yeah, if yeah. I have a question about the weather or we're having a storm, you know, I don't contact you personally. But what I'll do is I will check your socials, and I'm like, okay, all right. If, if Ed's saying this, all right, we're good. We're fine. Right. We're fine for right now. For, for right now, we're okay. And then I'll just check back because I he is the voice that. of reason. We're sure. so lucky to have you well, here thanks. in Myrtle Beach. How much do I owe you for these compliments? <laughs> <Come on. laughs> 
Okay, so I have a funny question. I'm just so curious about this. Have you ever chased a tornado? Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Dave, he has. <laughs> I, did, I haven't seen one. Well, the only one I saw in real life was the Myrtle Beach tornado from 2001. Remember that? The water spout. Uh, yeah, the water spout that yeah. came ashore. I was located at the Myrtle Beach Pavilion at the time, and people had caught. We, we didn't have the Internet back then, so uh, at least nothing significant. And uh, people were calling the weather office. There's a tornado that came through Restaurant Row. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So I went on the back deck and literally saw it water spout come ashore pass right over the pavilion and uh then went on air with it so we had that one live uh but i was with a friend of mine in oklahoma we were uh, of course you have to go to oklahoma oh wow you were in oklahoma <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so we were going to a conference and we ended up chasing a squall line for like 800 miles over the course of like 15 hours never saw a tornado but saw some incredible cloud cover and I've got pictures floating out there somewhere doing dumb things during a, <laughs> during a thunderstorm. <laughs> like I'll be the guy that gets struck by lightning in a thunderstorm. <laughs> the meteorologist. So, but that's been the coolest thing is, that is, is chasing neat. out there. So, so what's been the most dangerous situation that oh. you've been in? Uh, me personally, probably that tornado because uh -huh. that tornado came right over the Myrtle Beach Pavilion. So I did what I tell kids to do. I said I went into the bathroom. I stayed there until I heard the tornado had passed and then it went back out and saw that it had really developed after that you know from just a what looked like a swirl coming over the pavilion to you know an f2 tornado at that point in time with 150 mile per hour winds wow. a block south of us so um, back then um, we didn't have you know the great cameras on cell phones or anything like that either so all the video we got was from people that had their camcorders yeah, in town sure. uh -huh. uh, on vacation so but that was probably the uh, scariest thing I, I didn't fear for my life but i knew i had to take cover because of glass windows in in my office so that's the that's the that's the closest i've ever come to being scared of weather i was a little nervous with hurricane florence because uh, it was nearly a cat four forecast to come ashore as a four but you know, three days out, a lot of times things change a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you gotta pay attention, uh, but don't panic. Uh, and thankfully it weakened considerably before it got here, despite the fact that it produced a lot of rain. Right. Yep. All right, moving on to some golf questions. Uh -oh. I'm really excited about these. That may be a sore subject with your shoulder. Oh my gosh, I'm I know. Sorry. I'll blame everything but my actual ability to play <laughs> golf. I'm just terrible. <laughs> Uh, well, my first question, you do play golf because we were just yes. talking about that prior to recording. Um, so what's it like playing golf in the golf capital of the world? I absolutely love it. There's literally a hundred choices and every course is different and you get so many different looks from all the different golf courses around here. Um, I love the beauty of the golf courses just as much as I love playing them, even though I'm terrible. So if I shoot a hundred, at least I had a great experience out of right. the course with you know, <laughs> wildlife, the waterways and uh, you know, natural rivers and so on and so forth. I mean, I just love it. And the great thing about it too is even in the middle of summertime around here, we always get a sea breeze along the Grand Strand. So while it can be baking inland 95 to 100 degrees, we've got a nice sea breeze in 80s. It's humid, but it still feels good. Yeah, I love afternoon golf in the summertime. Yes. It's the best. For that reason alone, that's, yes. uh, that's, that sea breeze is huge. So who would be your ideal foursome? Oh my gosh! Does this include celebrities too, or this, this locally? This actually, you know, yeah. Let me let me specify. So this could include anyone living or that are deceased. Okay, I would go with Jack Nicholas for sure. Mm -hmm. Who wouldn't want to play with him? Um, I would take Meredith. Aww, because she's phenomenal and she can hit up closer and probably outdrive all of us by 150 See, yards all easily. You guys <laughs> use me for that. Hey, Meredith, no, no, you scramble. Come on, I tee off in the ladies' no. tees. Trust me, you'd still be our A player, even if you played all the way back at the uh, pro tees. Um, so those two, gosh, um, I mean, who wouldn't want to play around a round of golf with Tiger Woods, right? 
it'd be kind of cool just to, to see that and you know we'll complete the foursome with nate since he's been that's cool right. to us all these years so. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun yeah, that's, you'd that's play with me once and that would be it it's like no, oh i don't know about sorry that. sorry about that if there is one thing that you could fix about your golf game what would it be you know what probably my uh i would say my short game you know, when you get inside of 100 yards, I'll pull out the pitching wedge or, or whatever it may be. And unfortunately, I end up looking before I hit the ball a lot of times and just spray it everywhere. Sometimes I've, you know, I'm 100 yards out and after I hit that pitching wedge, I'm still 100 yards out, which is <laughs> never fun. And, you know, when you, when you drive the ball, if I can get into a groove, I feel like I drive it okay. I'd like to improve my distance. I mean, if I hit 200 yards, I'd be happy, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know what I do with my driver that I can't hit 200 yards a lot of times, but. Well, you know what? We need to do uh, a Facebook Live one day yeah. where I can give Ed a lesson, just I like a 10-minute totally lesson. We can cover driver, and we can cover some pitching wedge. It could just be just a few little tweaks that right. could change everything. I think a lot of people have this mindset, I have to rebuild my swing, and it's going to take so many lessons, and it's such a commitment. Right. But it's really – it's not always the case. There's oftentimes right. – you know, I'll have people mention like things like that, like mm-hmm. in their swing they'd like to correct. Like you mentioned, it's sometimes it's literally twenty minutes. Wow. Let's let's change this fundamental, you know, add a dress, let's let's tweak this a little bit here, and that's it. See, that's cool. Yeah. I would we think should... that you'd have to go through an entire restructuring of your swings. Not 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 okay. always. Now I mean if you're Charles Barkley, that's that's <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's now that would be pretty good about myself when you <laughs> okay. see him play. <laughs> All right, what's your ideal forecast? So, you know, being a meteorologist, what's the type of weather that you like to play in? I know everybody likes something different. I like sunny in 60s, maybe even 70. That's perfect for me with low humidity. Although I know from a meteorological perspective, and I'll nerd out here for a second, the ball goes farther in uh, higher humidity because mm-hmm. of the molecular weight of water. But anyway. Oh my gosh, um, that just sounds so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on, I'm a blonde. Let's slow this down a little bit. Molecular, okay, got it. Here we go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, a lot of people think that the ball goes further on a dry day you would think because humidity feels heavy to us Mm -hmm. the air is actually lighter when the humidity is is high so the ball goes uh, farther so that's pretty cool so I've got I'm sorry man I've got a question about people I've wanted to get this out as an industry being in the industry side which I did most of my life people coming down on vacation looking at the forecast they look at it a month in advance and say I have to cancel my tea time because it's going to rain can you just tell them exactly when to look at the forecast to be very frank anything beyond five to seven days is going to change considerably Uh, and i know a lot of apps out there uh, go out 10 15 days or what have you Uh, but the bottom line is those apps are fed by single computer models computer models that change every six hours so on one model you may have snow being forecast 10 days from right now and then six hours later it's saying sunny in 75 that's how much they can actually change the beauty of a an actual human doing the forecast out to 10 days is we know the nuances of the models and we can adjust accordingly like we never put anything higher than 30 percent in our forecast beyond seven days because we know it can change a lot mm-hmm. so what i like to call apps we call them crap apps because they're very crappy when you get beyond (laughs) seven days so i always encourage people to check out i'll you know plug our station the wpde weather app is put in by human beings uh you know the data is entered in that way and listen feel free to email me at ed at wpde.com i'll be happy to answer your question about the forecast we get a lot of people asking that who are coming on vacation should i cancel i go no don't cancel at all you know you don't need to cancel anything 
seven to ten days out, even if there was a hurricane forecast to come here. Because so, so Myrtle Beach don't. weather changes so quickly too because yeah. of the ocean. People don't realize that. Too, we so. very rarely have a completely rainy day exactly. here. Um, if you have a hurricane, which is overall pretty rare when you think about it, uh, we might get an all-day rain event in the winter time. You know, maybe one or two days out of the entire 90-day winter period, do we get a completely uh, wet day? Or is it too cold to play? Now, you know, for me, if it's in the 30s and 40s, that's too cold for me. But people up north, that's probably balmy for them. Yeah, I mean, some the of 40s. them are out in the ocean. Yeah. Right, yeah. So. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, I have seen you do that winter, what is it called? Like the winter where, where you go swimming oh, plunge, in the ocean the the oh the uh the polar plunge yes we've done that before right yes it's for special olympics and uh so we do that in february usually late january early february and i'm always rooting for a warm winter for that reason <laughs> because you know when you first get in it it'll take your breath away right. you know uh, when it's in the 50s but you know there are times when the water temperatures are in the 40s here so <sighs> that that is a shock to the system for yeah. sure and they tell you not to dive in because the natural reaction is to <gasps> when you dive into the water and they don't want you to drown yourself by pulling in a bunch of water so oh that makes sense so you yeah. just you have to I gradually just, torture well, yourself yeah. <laughs> exactly that's the worst part um all right getting back to the science because i have another question all right what's the difference between humidity and dew point that's a great question and humidity is probably the most confusing thing that people hear about in you know typical newscasts like this morning it didn't feel humid outside but the humidity was a hundred percent at daybreak this morning that's why we had this uh, uh, heavy frost this morning. So the temperature comes down at night, the dew point goes up, and when they meet, you get condensation, which of course forms dew or um, frost. So almost every morning you're going to have, unless it's a really dry air mass, your humidity is going to be highest in the morning around 100%. Mm -hmm. And then as the day goes along, the temperature goes up, but the dew point doesn't change much. So you have more capacity for the air to hold water. So the humidity actually goes down. And there are times in the middle of summertime when it's 100 degrees with uh, the heat index, where the humidity may be at 38%, which is incredibly deceiving mm -hmm. because 100% in the morning at 75 degrees feels a lot better than 100 degrees and 38% humidity, uh, if that makes sense. What I like about dew point is it's an absolute measure of moisture in the air. I only look at that number and know how comfortable it will be outside. Anything below 70 mm -hmm. starts to feel more comfortable. Around here, if the dew point's 70 or higher, it starts to feel pretty darn muggy, even oppressive. 75 and higher, I've seen dew points up near 80 after it's rain, which just feels like you're wearing the air at that point. Yeah, and a very bad hair day. Yeah. Very, very <laughs> bad hair day. You know what? As a guy in television, <laughs> I feel for you. I, I get it. But yeah, the dew point is the best is the best way to look to how, how comfortable you're going to be. We have a, a comfort meter, a muggy meter, if you will. Uh -huh. And uh, once it's below 60, it feels pretty good. The, okay. the air feels a lot drier. In this time of the year, it's very rare that you get dew points into the 60s unless we have a strong storm system coming in. So, so that's good to know because growing up, I was always looking just at humidity. And right. I just now noticed there's this thing called dew point. What right. is that? And that is somehow is a big player in this. So you explained right. it really well. Yeah, that's just cool. know that the humidity is going to change drastically throughout the day but the dew point is pretty consistent unless you have you know a cold front coming in then it'll drop off so i think the dew point today is probably in the 20s or 30s so it doesn't even feel a tad bit humid even though it was 100 percent humidity this morning right at 28 degrees the box is this big for water at 90 degrees it's this so big. big so we have a lot that's more so water cool. that's so interesting all right so if i'm playing golf in colorado and i'm getting 245 yards total distance with mm -hmm. my driver then I fly back to Myrtle Beach and I play around here and my total distance is 220. Right. 
what just happened, Ed? You, what you, just <laughs> happened? You have more air pressure at this uh, altitude than you do in the mountains of Colorado. I'm assuming you're in the mountains. Yes, in the mountains. So uh, when you're in the mountains, say 5,000 feet, there's much less air above you. So there's less pressure weighing down on you. So the ball's going to go farther in higher altitudes compared to what we get around here. So. And so, and that's not in relation to humidity. No, if we'll assume the humidity is the same at that altitude, uh, at in say Denver compared to Myrtle Beach, the right. ball is always going to go farther because you have literally less yes. air weighing on you in the higher mountains. You're just making things so <laughs> clear in my life right now. I'm so excited it's, about it. It's this not podcast. you; it's the altitude. <laughs> There we go. I just tell people you're at sea level. You're at sea level. I, I didn't it. know what that meant, but it's like, yeah. Right. Which is true, though. Just tell you that. Okay, so when you go on vacation, which I'm assuming you do, I hope you do, because yes. you deserve vacations as much as you are on air and on social media. You've got to have a break. Wherever you go, do you actually look at the weather forecast? I mean, do you have, like, special connections? <laughs> uh, how does this work for Ed when he goes on vacation? For me, I mean, I, I do the research. You know, I don't know exactly what the normals are for different cities around the, uh, the country. Um, I haven't gotten out of the country uh, very often at all. But when I travel, like, we go to conferences each year, and usually in a different city, a big city. Don't tell me conferences are your vacations. There sometimes they are, because okay. what I try to do is I build four or five days okay. ahead of a conference that makes me to go explore the, the city okay. or what have you. So, you know, I'm like, in June in Seattle, what's the weather really like? Is it, it doesn't rain as much in Seattle as people say. It's cloudy a lot. But, yeah. So I'll do a lot of research there. I also can look at the forecast models for those areas and determine uh, what kind of weather's coming in or what have you. So, and I try to plan, if, if it's not uh, a conference-related vacation, I try to plan those vacations around when they do have good times. For instance, if you ever want to go to the Caribbean, never go in October or November because it typically pours in Jamaica and Cuba mm -hmm. and all those places. But the winter is great down there. So. And you're not at a hurricane season yet, October either. No, so not in October. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and you saw here in November with this hurricane season, we had a lot of hurricanes <laughs> yeah, uh, in the Western Caribbean Sea. So that's kind of the hot spot in uh, October, November is the Caribbean. So yeah, we're was. pretty safe by then usually. Right. It was so active this year. Oh, my gosh. So active. Busiest season on record. Wow. So, so I think I've told you this before, Meredith, but Ed, would he come play golf at River Club? And I'd always tell the guys in the shop, now don't ask him about the weather. He's here. <laughs> he's, he's relaxing. You know, he's out. Okay. Okay. So he comes in. This, and this is a testament of how much he loves what he does. Uh -huh. he, he comes in. Start telling them the forecast. And they look at me and say, okay, you can ask me about <laughs> yeah. that. So, I love so it. that's a testament to you of how much you like your job. And I, I do think that comes through. I think that comes through on your social channels and, and obviously on your broadcast. So, I appreciate yeah, yeah. that. I, you know, in the end, I look at it like really everybody who watches or follows are my employers. You know, without them, I don't have a job. Yeah. And I just really enjoy talking about the weather. So I encourage people to come up and say hello, you know, ask me about the weather. I'm happy to, to, to answer that question. I mean, you don't want to be that guy in the grocery store who's, who thinks he's a big celebrity and doesn't want to talk to anybody. There's nothing that's more of a big turnoff. Well, I didn't that. tell him not right. to talk to you. I said, but don't ask him about the weather. He does it all day long, but then he comes in and he wants to talk about it. So Yeah, it doesn't just, bother me. Yeah. Well, you definitely, God has given you the gift of weather. I appreciate that. <laughs> Very humbling business, too, I'll tell you that, because yeah, sure. you can think you get it right all the time until you blow one, and then people remember that. <laughs> <laughs> what does the future hold in weather forecasting 25 years from now? 25 years from now, I think we'll be able to go out 10 to 15 days with more accuracy, mm -hmm. but we simply can't model the world's atmosphere perfectly. And what I mean by that is every day we send up weather balloons around the world twice a day. And that's kind of a snapshot of what's happening globally with the weather. 
Um, but we're missing a lot of the pieces of the puzzle, if you will. If you, you get 2% of the entire atmosphere sampled and you're putting that data into a computer, there's inherently going to be some errors to that. And those errors may be small tomorrow, but they grow to be huge when you get beyond seven to 10 days. So mm -hmm. I think uh, the uh, sampling of the atmosphere will improve with various uh, new projects that are out there right now. And we might be able to be more accurate 10 to 15 days, but we will never have accurate forecast out beyond 15 days. It's just impossible. Yeah. yeah. So it remember is. that when you look at your crap app. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the crap app, I love that. Yeah. You know, weather really is humbling. I'm it really is. I'm like, deleting all my apps. That's yeah. it. Except <laughs> yeah. for the WPD one. <laughs> yeah, and actually what we'll do uh, for our listeners listening right now, we'll make sure to put those links in sure. with this podcast so they can uh, head over there and check the weather before they come here Very to play cool. golf. What are your favorite courses? We're going to end on this one right here. Oh, my gosh. So maybe three, like if you are creating the ideal golf package, coming to Myrtle Beach, what three courses would you choose? My gosh. And why? Let's see, I love Caledonia because it's absolutely beautiful. Um, they all are really, this is you know splitting hairs here. It's like winning a NASCAR race. You win by two hundredths of a second, somebody's gotta finish second. Yeah. I love Caledonia. I love Grand Dunes because it's kind of wide open. Um, that's always been a favorite of mine. Uh, gosh, what else? is out there. Polly's Plantation is great. Mm -hmm. I love the, uh, I think it's the back nine with yep. that has the... Uh, the Marshalls. Yeah, the Marshalls yep. and so on and so forth. There's just a lot of real pretty courses uh, around here. And I live out in Carolina Forest, so I used to like to play the Wizard a lot, but I, that's been torn down, right? Or nope, still, still no, there. it's still there. Still there. Oh, Why am I thinking? Oh, it was yep. the uh, one in 544. Um, the Wicked, not Wicked Stick, that's gone too. Yeah, that's gone. Yeah. But what was the one in 544? It's still there, it's actually. It's still there, the Witch. Yep. My gosh. So, yeah, that well, one's been out there. see how, much, there how long it's been since I played. But yeah, they've, they're all fantastic. I mean, True Blue's another great one. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not an easy course at all. No. Um, they're just, I just love them all. Really. Okay, well, next time that yeah. you're down at True Blue or Caledonia, you have to check out the scooters. So ah, our second oldest son, Solomon, and I, he's, he's a phenomenal golfer. And we went out there and rode the scooters. Hmm. They are so much fun. And, you know, they have the golf boards you know the ones that you can stand on right well they have these scooters now where you act it's like riding a little motorcycle and you're basically straddling your golf bag oh wow it's so much fun we huh. had the best time in fact it was probably my my most fun is that correct grammar <laughs> yeah most fun? My, <laughs> my, i'm no wordsmith <laughs> my, my, that it was the best round that i've had all year because it truly we just had wow. so much fun and you know, studies have shown that when you have fun on the golf course, you'll play your best rounds. That's so there's something cool. to that. So you got to try the scooter. Okay, I got to. And you might that. find that just the scooter will fix your driver and okay. pitching wedge because you're going to have so much fun doing. Well, it. you, I think you nailed nailed it too. That you, you got to go out and have fun. There's nothing worse for me that like I play in a lot of tournaments to play with stuffy people who just yeah. care about winning. I'm like, listen, you got me on the team. Chances are you're not winning. So let's just have fun and enjoy it. You know. Yep. And that's what you remember, Rich Crampanis, our old sports yep. director. Yep. We do uh, golf tournaments uh, for scholarships. And our, our goal was just to have fun, make sure that everybody had fun eating on different holes and all that. Because one team wins, everybody else lo not, doesn't right. lose, but you want the experience to be great. So right. that's what I love about it. Yeah, you definitely got to have a good attitude going out playing golf. And I always tell people golf courses are somewhat like state parks in many ways. You, right. know, you get all the beauty that you would get you know, at a state park, it's preserved, you oh, know, yeah. within the course. Very well and, manicured. I mean, you get to see so much when you play golf. And I'm like you, I really like the South End in golf, like Polly's Plantation, yes. that low country feel, yep. you know, the moss, 
uh, draped oaks and just that um, the even the breeze is very salty. Right, <laughs> it's like exactly. you can smell the salt. Uh, but thanks so much for coming on Thank this podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's a lot of fun, and, and I hope that people will remember ed at wpde.com. If you ever have a question about weather, don't cancel your plans until you talk to me. <laughs> and he will answer you. I promise you I will. will. Yeah. yeah. Ed, you're the best, so we appreciate Thank you, guys. you. And we look. F- we hope that this next year is going to be no hurricanes in our area. So Should we're just nice. going to pray and keep our fingers crossed on that one. Amen but you do that. a great job. Thanks Thank you so much. Thank you.